Danda Pants. And this is Joey Pants, Daniela's father. And you're listening to No Kidding. Me, Me too. too. And hey there, I'm Robert. I'm the producer of the podcast. So today we're shaking it up a little bit and presenting part of a conversation from the episode Minding Your Mind with Jordan Burnham that you didn't get to hear because we ran out of time. Now, Jordan, you may remember, was in the documentary of No Kidding Me Too and part of the inspiration for the film. So as we start to come out from under pandemic restrictions, we felt it was important to keep perspective on what it was like to live and work during the lockdowns. So here you go. A little more with Jordan Burnham, Danny, and Joey. So Jordan, with 2020 being what 2020 was, because that was also another part of why we started this podcast, because we all went through this year together. How was it for you? And also, you know, you talk about mental health in such a knowledgeable and stable way. Do you still have those days where like getting out of bed is just like not something you want to do that day? And like, what tools have you learned going through your journey and like all of this public speaking that you can like, you know, advise to other people starting their journey and, you know, far into their journey? So anytime I'm wondering, um, am am I going over the top with how I'm feeling about this? Am I a little, and I actually got a great perspective the other uh, week, I went to go speak to a school in person and everyone was wearing masks. The kids, when they come into the school, they have to have their temperature taken. They have their masks on and I'm going in and I have my mask on. And I said to myself, this would be the beginning scene of a sci-fi movie. Like this would be like, we're not going to give you context as to why things are this way, but this is where. (laughs) So anytime I think of it like that, it's like, no, I'm perfectly okay that I feel overwhelmed right now because I should be. It's a global pandemic. I tell that to students all the time who are like, I don't know. I feel stressed and unmotivated. You're staring at a screen. We don't even, I don't say this in front of them. We don't even know the long-term effects of how this is going to affect you after this. We have no idea what these computer screens are going to do to your ability to concentrate, to your ability to focus, your eyesight. There are so many things that we have no idea what's going on right now. We're just kind of winging it. And that's not great for our mental health. Because for me personally, I love structure. I I love knowing what time I have to wake up in the morning because I know what time I have to go to bed. I know what time I have to be in the shower to go wherever I need to be. And when you take everything and make it optional, that's terrible for me. Like that's, that's a rough one. We're like taking a shower, brushing my teeth, getting out of bed in the very, very beginning. That was just optional. And then that's a really weird feeling to just not feel any motivation because this is, this is what I've been doing for 12 years is going around and traveling and speaking and being around people. And I, I love being around people and talking to one another. And all of a sudden it's just not that. And that's a really um, scary feeling. It's a, a really overwhelming one. And, you know, I was talking to a coworker the other day that I would love to break it down into phases or waves of this pandemic. Cause I think the original one was, do we really need to cancel? Are we sure? And then all of a sudden it's just, everything's canceled. And then it's like, my wife and I are at home and it's like, Oh, this is weird. You're home. I'm home. What do you, I learned a lot about my wife. I didn't know what music she listened to during the day. I didn't know like her activities or hobbies when I'm not here. So then there's that aspect of, of being at home with someone 24 seven. And then it's, 
this is life and I can't be around people and then a computer and now looking at a screen and all of this is happening. So for me, uh, the, the most I struggled, it was at the very beginning, the first two weeks when I, there was just no structure whatsoever and everything was optional. So that was the, I think the, the toughest part. Then I think once it became clear that there was no traveling, there was no speaking to schools, there was no in-person, that's when there's like this identity part of it, like, oh, well, that's who I am. That's what I do. And I told a lot of people, if you don't like your job right now, that's okay, because it's not your job. Like whatever you're doing, if your job was to be somewhere else and to be around people and to entertain this isn't your job. Your job isn't to sit at a computer and do all these different types of things. So it's okay to have to adjust to that. That's something that took some time. Uh, meditation was a every once in a while thing. I would never lie and say it was every day. Sometimes I would in front of kids, but like now that's the, <laughs> I have to, that's how I have to start my day. Um, one of the things that I do is I'll write in my schedule, my coping skills. So like mm -hmm. from 1015 mm -hmm. to 1045, that's when I get to listen to music and just jam um, from one to two o'clock. That's the time I get to play video games from something to something. That's the time I get to just be myself and talk to my friends and hop on Zoom with friends. Like, so I have to make sure I put in that structure, healthy coping skills so that that's incorporated throughout the day to break up the, the monotony and the stress. You know, I've. I've told everyone, I don't mind being candid on how I feel about this because it's just, it's a global pandemic. Um, and so for me, it, it's been a lot of days where I haven't felt motivated to get up and get out of bed and do the things that I'm used to doing. So it's been a real struggle. And there are still days where I don't want to get up and, and do a lot of the things that I have to. And I, I just rather lay in bed and I just rather stay in and isolate because we're supposed to, that's the other thing. Sorry for going on a tangent. All of these are red flags. Like if I was doing these things, like in normal life, this would be a red flag. My friends would be upset if I was isolating at home and I wasn't going to the movies, my matinee that I usually did. And if I wasn't going around to the mall just to walk around to be around people, people would probably be very concerned. <laughs> There's that aspect of it too. But I think what um what helped me, you know, I'm I'm sober uh, almost five years now, and you know to have that support of the, the people five years ago when I walked into a room and said, I can't do this anymore. And, and they looked at me and they said, uh, you don't have to. And, you know, those are the same people that I've been able to see on zoom and that I, I hop on the phone with almost every day to have that type of support has been incredible too. You know, my wife and I, um, healthy communication is big between us. We, we always joke. We don't know why we don't teach healthy communication skills to students. Because uh, every adult seems to agree, yeah, our kids are dating. <laughs> and then no one asks, hey, do you think we should help them learn healthy communication skills in their relationships? Everyone's like, nah, they'll figure it out. Forget about it. And like the, that is such an important thing for our mental health, but especially right now. And knowing boundaries, knowing when she gets to have her time in there with YouTube and makeup tutorial things. And I get to have my time out here where I'm just listening to smooth jazz and I'm enjoying myself and trying to calm down after a really difficult day. There are so many things I've learned about myself, but the biggest thing is <laughs> I never thought I would ever make it through this. Like if mm. I were to go back to my self before this and said, Hey man, it's going to be a global pandemic. <laughs> not only 
can you not get a haircut for a while? You're going to have to stare at yourself in a screen 24 seven, no matter what. You just got to hop on. You just got to stare at yourself and talk to a screen. And you're not going to be able to do the things that you usually love to do. No traveling. That's it. Um, one, what it sounded uh, terrifying, which it is. But two, I just would have never assumed I got through it. I, w- I would have never assumed like I made it through every single day and was able to do that by taking it a day at a time. But that's what I've had to do. I mean, this whole thing is, is by taking it an hour at a time. But the thing that has helped me the most, um, being in that, the hospital, I was in a traumatic floor unit hospital for three months or three uh, months after the suicide attempt. And there were so many life lessons learned in that hospital. But the biggest one was when you're in pain, Um, because when you're in pain, um, you feel like you are in the most pain than anyone in the entire hospital. No one else can even touch the way that you feel as far as your pain scale of one to 10 being at 11. And you press this button and you're waiting for the nurse to come in and tell you, what can I do? How can I help? And you press that button. And like, sometimes there's a shift. So that that nurse doesn't come right away. Or sometimes there's something else going on and that nurse doesn't come right away. Or somebody else, you know, another nine people are pressing their button. (laughs) That's exactly the point. That is exactly the point. That there's a person to the left of you. There's a person to the right of you who is in as much, if not worse pain than you. So what you have to do is be patient and wait until everyone else is taken care of in order for you to get that help. And that's not easy in the moment because you're in pain. You want to make sure immediately you're able to receive some type of relief. But being in that hospital, that's what I learned is that um, so much of this is about having to be patient so that everyone else can be taken care of so that everyone else can feel better so that everyone else can feel safer. And then the other part that helped me with this was my last major surgery was 2015 on my back. And um, because of the severity of the wound and because of the severity of the surgery, I couldn't lay on my back or sit down for six weeks. Which again, if you say it, if you hear it, you're like, I could never do that. But um, I had to relearn how to do things. I had to kind of figure out how to sleep. I kind of had to figure out how to awkwardly lay in the back seat so that I wasn't sitting down. I had to do all these things that were so different and so weird because I couldn't sit down and I couldn't lay on my back. But I knew it wouldn't always stay that way. Now, granted, that's only six weeks, so I'm not trying to to relate it to what we're all going through now. But it was that one time where I realized I have to adjust to the moment, Um, even though I don't want to, I have to. And then eventually things can go back to the way that I was sitting, the way that I was laying back and the way that I'm able to heal. And I think that's probably what has helped me during this time period as well is, you know, you can never I tell this to students, too. You can never write life plans in pen it's always in pencil because like you're always adjusting you're always making adjustments it's just erasing it's constantly and making adjustments even if it's just a small thing that was a mistake you're adjusting and for me that rings true to this day especially with this global pandemic man 2020 being what it was it was about adjusting and it wasn't perfect it wasn't great it wasn't um there were times where And I can't say it was the worst year of my life because I got married in 2020, but it was 
one of those things where I learned a lot about myself. And part of that was that I got through this. And I, I don't think I ever would have imagined I would have if I was watching this in a theater and this was the whole movie plot, a part of me would say, there's no way in hell I would ever <laughs> live through that, make it through and feel somewhat okay. But um, a lot of it has been communication and just and being able to talk to others too. Yeah, I, I think that's that the, the idea of teaching coping mechanisms is a great idea. I, I totally encourage you too, if you if, if if any of this is feeling familiar to you, hearing what Jordan shared with his life story, then there's help out there, and help is so much easier to obtain with uh, the new kind of way of 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 uh, communicating with therapists or or twelve step programs that you can do via Zoom, where you can actually have complete anonymity. You, you 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 don't have to press the video button and you can you can talk and you can listen that's something marvelous that that has born out of this uh pandemic just tell your story like even to a stranger even to a journal that's like the first step just write get it out of your head because if it stays in your head it's gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger you have like writing Something that's so helpful for me, yet I don't do it all the time. Like what you said about things being optional, Jordan, is just like it hits so hard because I, I, I know I need that structure, but right now I have nothing forcing me into it. So it's like, what? I don't have to shower today. I don't have to, you know, write in my journal today. It's in my calendar every day. I see it there. I don't have to do it. You know, and and I, I need help starting. But I think I think what Jordan is saying is, yeah, you do. So if you if you if you create a schedule at, you know, 9 a.m. shower. Well, I don't feel like it. No, you don't. Have, there isn't an option. OK, so now it's time to shower. Yeah. And then and then, if it's a, you know, it's at 1030. It's have breakfast at 11 o'clock. Sit down to write. You know, and so for an hour or for 20 minutes, uh, if, and I'm going to, I'm actually going to take my own advice and start doing this. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to. There's also too, like, I, I think about this uh, as like a um, speaker on mental health. There are some positives to virtual and like one of them we're probably going to stick with uh, the organization I speak for minding your mind. Um, I don't know why we would ever do another parent presentation in person again. We were lucky, even if there's 2,000 students at a school, we were lucky to get 12. And eight of them, you're preaching to the choir. So that was pretty much the, now we do parent nights and there's two to 300 parents that will log in and they stay the entire time. They ask questions, the superintendent mm -hmm. can be there, different teachers can be there, the counselors can be there to say, you can uh, message us at any time privately, we can help your students. So it's like the one thing that had been like staring at us the entire time, trying to figure out how do we get more parents? But the reality, this, this taught a lot of realities to us. The reality is parents have more than one child and that those children have a lot of activities going on. So to ask them to drive and be at a school at seven o'clock at night to listen to myself and a clinician um, talk about mental health sounds like a great idea. 
in theory, but there's also dinner. There's also things that have to be done. So the fact that now we can have parents learn about mental health in a way that we never thought was really possible before. And also recording presentations in person don't really go over that well. It's kind of awkward. The sound is usually terrible. Um, So it's like not everyone wants to watch that recording. (laughs) But now we are so used to watching Zoom (laughs) and watching different webinars that we can record that presentation for parents and they'll watch it and they can listen to it. They can pull it up on their phone. They can do that whenever or wherever they need to. Um, Even if one of the kids has to go to bed, they can pause it and then they can do that and come back and continue to watch. The thing that I also enjoy about virtual, um, because the questions are anonymous, there are some questions I've never received before. And um, on a really touching level, I'm, I'm not even saying like really, really dire situation. Um, and of course, we do have students that are at that place. But one of the other things that have been nice is that we always have a counselor there where they can direct message them immediately. Or I can say to the counselor, hey, this is the student. And if a student is uncomfortable with hearing what they are, they can log off instead of having to get up and walk out of an auditorium or having to wait until the very end to talk to the counselor, there are certain things that I, I still do like about being able to talk about mental health. Even if it is virtual, I completely get the in-person thing is different. I understand how much people love it. But there are some things that I think we'll come away with and say, wow, it's great that we can do something in an effective way. Because the biggest thing, I forget where I heard this, the biggest thing isn't that you learned how to use Zoom, it's that everyone else did. And that opens up so many different possibilities, especially when it comes to sharing our stories. So I agree, I mean, there are just so many things to take away from this and there are so many things of what we can use moving forward. And man, it's it's been such a, it's been a long year. It's been, you know, all the way through 2020 to this and to think at that very beginning, I was so naive of like, I was supposed to be at a conference and I was talking to the person who was in charge of it. I was like, ah, oh, do you think we need to cancel? I'm sure this will blow over in a few days. It'll be okay. <laughs> and here we are with everything now. Um, but to, I think for everyone to process this at the same time, for everyone to, my biggest thing, I know that a lot of people say it's okay not to be okay. My biggest thing during this time period is it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to say that out loud because I do that all the time (laughs) in front of people because you can see a lot of times there's this like this air that people can like finally take out of their system when someone says, how normal is this? That's the way I begin every presentation. How normal is this? And it's that one time where people can relax. And I remember I was doing a, um, a webinar and there were two staff members who were there and you can tell when people are nervous. And so they're asking me, Jordan, do you have any advice for us? And there was a long pause. And I said, no, what the, it's absolutely not. It's a global pandemic. First off, second, I've never done webinars. This is, I'm like, what? I have no advice to you. This could go terrible. It'll work out. Even if it does, this could go terrible, but we'll get through this together. And like, that's how this global pandemic has been to me is like, I have no idea. I have no advice. I am not an expert. I just know what has helped me. And no matter what you're feeling, we'll get through this together by communicating and working with each other. And never thought I would ever have to learn that lesson, but I'm glad that I have been able to. 
All right, there you go. A little more with uh, Jordan. You can read more about him and book him for your school at mindingyourmind.org. And now, Joey and Danny with the last words. I love you, Danny. I love you, Daddy. Thanks for listening in, everybody. <laughs>